there's probably three key lessons on my journey. The one is self-awareness, yeah? It is the key to personal and professional growth. The better you know yourself and how you show up for others, how others perceive you, the better you will perform, influence, and be able to bring others along with you. So self-awareness is is the first key lesson. uh, lesson. The second key lesson, which is entirely relevant and related to self-awareness, is feedback. It's a gift. Ask for it regularly. It's critical to self-awareness. Knowing your strengths and the unique value that you bring to a business means that you can align your roles accordingly. And of course, there's always areas of development, things that we can do better. Don't ever shy away from that. There's no perfect. There's progress. Find out from others. What do you do that shits them, that you're totally unaware of? Figure out what that is. And if you can learn that, (laughs) my list was long. And it isn't always fun to know that, but self-awareness gives you choice and you can actually change. Welcome to episode four of the Chief Metachicks podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Scriven. I'm the founder of Chief Metachicks, a business I launched in late 2022 after a long career as an executive in business, marketing and branding, and most recently as the CEO of Zenith Media. Chief Metachicks is a community and a movement designed to level the playing field for women in business, leadership and technology. Our mission is to unlock and unleash the power of women by upskilling them in Web3 and AI technologies through education and training and providing them with the tools and knowledge they need to thrive in the digital age. So whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur or a seasoned business owner, Chief Metachicks offers a wealth of resources and inspiration to help you develop and scale your business initiatives and leadership skills. And this podcast aims to bring inspiration and insight to our listeners as we delve into the stories and journeys of female founders, entrepreneurs, and leaders. We will share their highs and lows, trials and tribulations, key learnings, and pivotal moments. To get us underway, today I'm going to be interviewing Jack Phillips. Jack is an executive coach, advisor, and non-executive director. She has 20 plus years experience in corporates across marketing, advertising, finance, banking, technology, and digital payments. Marketing is her jam, and she founded Jack Phillips Coaching and Advisory three years ago and became the best boss she's ever had. One of her mantras is hope is not a strategy, and her personal philosophy is if you're not winning, you're learning. This interview covers a number of important topics, including learning about who you are and what you value, the better you know yourself, the better you show up for others, the importance of self-awareness, that feedback is a gift, so never shy away from it, and that reinvention is the only strategy today. You need to upgrade and reinvent yourself to remain relevant. Without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Jack Phillips of Jack Phillips Coaching and Advisory. And welcome to the Chief Metachicks podcast, Jack Phillips. Great to have you with us today. (laughs) Um, So, Jack, let's kick off. We'd love to learn a little bit more about your leadership and business ownership journey and the story behind your success. Can you give us a bit of background about what you were doing before you decided to go out on your own and what gave you the idea and the courage to have a crack? Thank you, Nikki. It's an absolute privilege uh, and honour to to join you on this uh, podcast today. So thank you for inviting me on. 
Look, I've been around, um, I've had around about 16 different jobs in about five different industries across four different regions. So it's been quite an adventure. Um, my first serious job was in the media, in radio as an on-air announcer in the late 80s in New Zealand. Uh, and from then till now, I have spent more than 20 years in corporate across advertising, finance, banking, technology. And my last role uh, up until just a couple of years ago was in uh, global digital payments uh, with a brand I'm sure you've heard of called Visa. Um, marketing was my uh, area of expertise, my wheelhouse uh, or my jam, as they say in the US. Uh, and I loved unlocking the potential of others. So I started leading marketing teams and marketing functions quite early in my career. And that was purely a passion play. I wasn't trained to be a leader. Uh, it was that I liked people. I seemed to be able to get uh, results from people, but I actually genuinely and authentically loved working with and 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 helping others, I guess. It was during my last regional role at Visa that I realised my success in leading teams was because I was an impactful coach. You might have heard of that term, leader as coach. And they say to be a great coach is to be a great leader and to be a great leader is to be a great coach. I sincerely believed back then, and I still believe this today, that all people are talented, yeah? And a leader's role is to unlock this talent. I was given an executive coach uh, in my um, uh, time at Visa in the, in the leadership team. So it was around three years ago that I knew that I actually wanted to become an executive coach. That's what I wanted to do next because I could see what I was doing and how that was making a difference. And I figured that I could do that for a lot more people on a lot bigger scale to help others lead well. Um, so yeah, I became the best boss I've ever had in 2021 and I kicked off my coaching business. And I'm very pleased that you did because for those that are listening that aren't aware, Jack Phillips was my executive coach and, um, was, you know, a key driver around giving me the confidence to, um, you know, give Chief Metachicks a crack and, um, and, you know, and bring it to life. And of course, was the first one I tapped to say, I would love you to be a part of this. So, um, yes, very, very pleased that you did choose that career path, Jack, because, uh, you know, you, you've helped me deliver something that I'm truly passionate about and um, that, you know, is turning into quite a success. So enormous thanks. Um, so, Jack, you've been going for about three years in your own business now. Where did you go to start? Because new business, you know, when you start a new business, so many people mm. that, we, you know, we talk to and we coach, we sort of say, you know, land, you know, have a... Have a um, you know, a bit of a pot of money to keep you going and then, you know, land a, a client that you can really kickstart your business with. How did you go about it? Did you have a foundation client? I didn't, Nikki. I, I honestly went out on a whim, if you will, but I had a large network uh, and you yourself know how this works, yeah? We uh, are women in leadership. We have been around for a while. We're sometimes considered of a mature age. I like to refer to myself as an age. I was going to say, don't call us old. <laughs> <laughs> I like to refer to myself as an ageless progressive. But my point is I have met and worked with and connected with and done business with a lot of people, uh, not just in Australia, but way more broadly than that in New Zealand, in the US, in Europe, and definitely across Asia Pacific. So I guess I went into my business with confidence that my network and I guess my personal brand would help me achieve some form of start. I didn't just rely on hope as a strategy because it's not. 
So I actually thought to myself, what do I need to give this a really good go? And I thought I need to give it a year. I had enough income that would allow me to, I guess, test or experiment my business in the year. But it wasn't a lot. So I really went into it with self-belief and confidence uh, and, and that's been honed over years and years and years. And I guess my timing was right because I felt confident enough to do it based on my network, based on my reputation, based on also what I had learned and also what I had studied and actually became. So I backed myself and I really didn't think I had anything to lose. I said to myself, and it's something I coach on all the time with all of the people I work with, what is the worst that can happen? So in my case, setting up a coaching business, it would have been not getting enough clients to coach. So my options would have been to return to corporate life and work for someone else again, which would have actually been okay. If that's my worst case scenario, and I really enjoyed my corporate career, then I didn't actually have a lot to lose. So I hope that answers the question. Yeah, absolutely. And talk us through your first year because, you know, as we know, the first year of business, you're mm. riding the highs and lows. We're coaching many of our members through those highs and lows and, and helping to keep mm. them focused and helping them to set some targets so that they can, you know, manage and go after their cash flow. Mm. Talk us through your first year. How was that for you? And were there moments of, you know, paranoia and <laughs> panic or, or was it all pretty cruisy? Um, look, nothing is ever cruisy. Uh, I was putting myself out on a limb. But again, I go back to my network. I also was very active on LinkedIn. I've always been fairly consistent on LinkedIn. Clearly, when you are working for a large corporate, you're representing that brand uh, as your full-time role. So whilst I was active on LinkedIn, I was doing it on behalf of Visa, or I might have been doing it on behalf of IBM or a bank, or depending on who I was working with. But once I left, I recognised that that platform was such an opportunity to remain connected, grow my network, but also tell people what I was now doing. Uh, and that helped me spread or amplify my brand. I set up a website. It was a very simple website. I did that through Shopify. I've got an awesome daughter uh, who also works in marketing. She helped me with my Shopify website. We, we set it up very fast. Um, I used testimonials from people that I had coached. I'd coached them pro bono or I'd coached them in my roles as leaders, uh, and, of course, I'd started to coach some people and was doing that as part of my corporate, I guess, confirmation because what I did whilst I was working at Visa coaching my team, I went and did a qualification through the Australian Institute of Professional Coaches because I figured if I was going to give this a go, then I needed a qualification behind me and I wanted to work, I guess, with uh, um, you know an education provider who was glo of global standards uh, and aligned to global standards and the Australian Institute of Professional Coaches was. Um, so, so I did those things. I built the brand. Uh, I, I spoke to anyone I could. When I started getting clients coming in uh, and I knew a few people that obviously knew a few people, referrals started to happen. I then asked them for testimonials. I started to ask them for referrals. So, so the business has built quite quickly in the couple of years that I have been going. So I haven't had any, oh, shit, what am I doing moments yet, but that's not to say that I won't. Uh, and I guess how I prepare for that is I'm looking at myself as having a portfolio career. So I want to generate different income streams. I don't want to be reliant on just one. And I'm going to talk about this 
more because I know you've got some other questions that I think will be more relevant uh, when I when I uh, I expand on this. But to give you an example from the portfolio perspective, I'd also wanted to join boards for a very long time. Most of my career, I have sat on not-for-profit boards, skilled volunteering, giving back in some way, using my marketing skills or my networks or my experience. I knew that I had done that for a long time. I knew that if I also uh, went out and started actively pursuing paid boards, I might have a good opportunity with those. Uh, And in my first year, I got one paid board. And in my second year, I I had a second. So I've got an income stream that comes from two, two paid boards. I've got an income stream that comes from coaching. And I'm also starting to see different income streams that actually sit within particularly the coaching, because with coaching, there's also workshops for organisations. There's also leadership assessments. There's so many other things that you can do that aren't purely one-to-one coaching. So your income generation opportunities start to expand. And I think that's a really exciting thing for me and a real opportunity for anyone going into business. How do I leverage what I'm doing so it's broader than just one income stream? Brilliant. Yeah, because the, I mean, the coaching space, I, I know, you know, just from my previous role, I would get um, sort of hit up on LinkedIn regularly by lots of coaches. Um, and it, it's really difficult for coaches to cut through if you're not getting that referral. So, um, you know, it's amazing for me looking at what you've achieved in a short period of time in terms of of building your business because I know it's a very competitive market out there. Do you think your marketing background and expertise has given you that edge in terms of positioning and branding and and getting your brand out there? It's a great question. It would have to. I'm totally leveraging 25 years of what I know. I'm staying totally relevant with what's going on with technology. Um, I, I, I leverage channels, Instagram, Twitter and X less so these days, but certainly LinkedIn. Uh, and and I write a post a day, sometimes two posts a day. I set aside time because I love writing and I share stories. I share stories about mostly my own experience, examples, things that have worked, things that haven't. The coaching of so many great leaders like yourself bring new insights every single day and, and, and help me stay, I guess, tapped in to, to, to the zeitgeist, to what's going on culturally, you know, whether it be throughout COVID with remote working. So I take those insights. I think about the stories I'm getting. Obviously, I never share anyone's uh, information. That's that's very confidential between the, the, the coachee and myself. But I'm able to actually share and amplify a whole lot of things that resonate with people. And particularly on a platform like LinkedIn, where professionals are, uh, if you start to build a following based on storytelling and what you can offer as advice, what you can offer based on your experience, things that actually resonate, people really engage with it. They also share with their own networks. They also comment. And so from that, you start to build this brand. And of course, you must have a website. You have to have your, your, your shingle somewhere so that people can actually feel that they're getting to know a little bit more about you and what's behind you. Um, so so th- those things and, and that marketing certainly has helped me, but also my reputation. When I coach somebody, I give everything. I really do. Uh, you know, success their success is my success. I know. Um, <laughs> and and it doesn't just stop with the coaching. I access my networks for them. I send them thought leadership. Um, 
I certainly go between advisory and coaching depending on what they need at the time. So so, so I, I give my all because I love what I do and I believe everybody has potential. So I think those things combined have really helped me build a brand that might be a little bit more unique or certainly a little bit more prolific than if you were just purely coaching and not uh, maybe amplifying what you're doing as much. Yeah. And what did, what do you think you learned in your career prior that's helped you really set up for success in your own business? Look, so so many learnings. In fact, I think you know this, my personal philosophy is if you're not winning, you're learning. And I haven't always won, so my learnings are immense. Um, throughout my career, I've experienced both awesome leadership and also bullshit leadership. And you learn a lot from both. Who you are and what you value. Yeah, who you are and what you value. You and I know this. So I guess if I had to synthesize, uh, what are my key learnings? There's probably three key lessons on my journey. The one is self-awareness, yeah? It is the key to personal and professional growth. The better you know yourself and how you show up for others, how others perceive you, the better you will perform, influence, and be able to bring others along with you. So self-awareness is is the first key lesson, uh, lesson. The second key lesson, which is entirely relevant and related to self-awareness, is feedback. It's a gift. Ask for it regularly. It's critical to self-awareness. Knowing your strengths and the unique value that you bring to a business means that you can align your roles accordingly. And of course, there's always areas of development, things that we can do better. Don't ever shy away from that. There's no perfect, there's progress. Find out from others. What do you do that shits them, that you're totally unaware of? Figure out what that is. And if you can learn that, (laughs) my list was long. And it isn't always fun to know that, but self-awareness gives you choice and you can actually change. And the third thing, what did I say? Self-awareness, feedback. The third one, this is you, reinvention. It's the only strategy today. Nobody can predict the future and it's changing fast. Industries will rise and fall and change will accelerate. Yeah. The only way forward is to be flexible. Upgrade your mind, upgrade your skills, continually reinvent yourself. If you do that you will absolutely remain relevant. In fact, you may even create the future. And I think that's really exciting. Indeed it is. So on that, what didn't you know that you didn't know? And how did you learn on the fly and plug those gaps? Because I think we all have blind spots, but the most important thing Mm. is to try to tap into what you don't know. And then when you're in business, there's so much that you don't know that you don't know yet. So it's a really interesting space and mindset to tap into were there any key things for you oh every single day there's a gap I recognize uh you know we're all growing we don't stop growing when I think back it's a great question Nikki when I was in the early stages of my marketing career I was working for an agency in Sydney I was around 29 years of age and I was actually leading a function um it was a lot of responsibility And I realised right then at 29, thank goodness, so quite young, no matter how much I worked, day and night, weekends, early or late, I would never, ever be on top of everything. And I like to be on top of everything. So what that taught me was I needed to prioritise. I wasn't curing cancer at the agency. It was very much about perspective. And so I became very, very comfortable with setting boundaries, yeah? Rest and rejuvenation was critical. Weekends had to become sacred. Work was work and not my life. So what that taught me 
and what I've actually held on to to this day is I do handle stress for the most part quite well and I've never defined myself by my job. I love lifestyle. I, I take a holiday every two months in this role uh, and I, I do that with absolute joy and it brings me huge amounts of creativity because I step away. If I had to define my successes, it's never been my work. It's the two children that I've helped raise into awesome young adults and this wonderful lifestyle I have. That to me is success. And what am I doing for others? So, 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 so I guess it's been able to handle stress well, look at the perspective uh, and, and recognise that you should never define yourself by your job or your business. Yes, it's important and you're passionate about it, but that's just one part of who you are. Yeah, it's so important. And I think, you know, you touched on something around your weekends being sacred. I've always adopted that strategy myself too, particularly after I had kids. You know, I was not going to work on weekends and an environment where we were pitching for new business regularly, weekends were off limits for me. You know, like that was that was definitely a no-go zone because that needed to be sacred for the family. I love that. And I love your commitment to your health and well-being and your fitness and the things that you do around your triathlons and your running and your swimming and your cycling and the joy that that brings you, which has nothing to do with your work and your commitment to that. So you're absolutely right. Yeah, well, I think, you know, we all have, in fact, I wrote a piece on this that I got, you know, quite a lot of commentary and um, and engagement with on LinkedIn recently where I, you know, I talked about what that is for me and, you know, that's that's my, you know, for many people they have downtime. My downtime is when I'm exercising. That's when my brain clears and everything comes to me. That's how I process stress. Um, it's how I would always prepare for a big pitch. I'd always go for a run you know, beforehand because I'm awake, I'm alive, my brain's working, I'm creative, I'm engaging and and it just works. So um yeah, that that for me is what created I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it work life balance. <laughs> you know, it could easily tip to burn out um when you're trying to burn the candle at both ends. But you know, that was that was always my coping mechanism. And you know, some people do yoga. For me I need to go for a hard run. <laughs> That's just the way I'm wired. And what you're doing is pumping oxygen to your brain. So you're probably never more creative or never more reflective than when you're exercising. What an awesome compliment to being successful. Yeah, it's funny. I was um, swimming with um, some of my training buddies on Saturday morning and it was quite a long set and it was broken into some really hard 50s and then some longer sort of 400s and, and even an 800 and um, and I was talking to one of my training buddies and I said, oh, I just love swimming. It's where I can just relax in my mind. You know, I solve all my business problems. And he said, good God, I can't even breathe. How <laughs> can you think about anything? And I said, well, maybe not for the 50s, but certainly for the longer stuff. <laughs> but we all have, you know, we all have the things that help us function um, at an optimal level. And that's, that's certainly mine. More from Jack in a minute. Recently, I had the pleasure of chatting with Catherine Elliott of the Alcohol Mindset Coach. We spoke about the importance of passion and purpose, the art of storytelling, how being authentic, genuine and vulnerable can be your superpower, and the importance of not holding on too tight to enable the energy of your business to flow. Here's a little snippet from the episode. What it got me really clear on was, well, what am I prepared to communicate? What aren't I? What is the importance of storytelling? People want to hear, you know, they, they want you to be vulnerable. They want you to share. 
uh, because I can tell my story without some of the the nitty gritty bits, but that's what people really want to hear. And that's actually what I want to share. And, you know, I've done some work with, you know, spiritual coaches and I have been, you know, what has been told to me and what I've got is that my vulnerability is a superpower for me. And so that is why I need to keep stepping into that space when I'm talking about my story. You can listen to that brilliant chat with Catherine Elliott by going to chiefmetacheeks.com slash podcasts or subscribing to the show. Okay, let's get back to our amazing guest, Jack Phillips. Um, so back to your business. When we start a new business, it doesn't always end up being what we had thought it would be when we first started out. How much has your business pivoted and evolved since you started? This is a great question. It's pivoted a bit and I'm just in the absolute midst of something really exciting. So so we start with the executive and leadership coaching and I've got the boards and I'm doing a bit of marketing advisory as well. So those are the three key income streams. What I'm finding from the coaching, and I touched on this before, is that the executives that I'm coaching are saying, can you come and help my team? Can we run a workshop on culture? Can you help me with active listening? Some of the things you're talking to me about, self-awareness and feedback, I'd like you to work with the team. So so I'm starting to work more with teams from a workshop perspective. That's really exciting. Uh, And it was only individual coaching I initially kicked off doing. Speaking. I've got years of experience, but I'm also learning and studying and supporting and gaining data and insights and research and learnings from the coaching and also from my boards that I'm actually able to do keynote speaking. I'm able to come in and hopefully inspire. I run lunch and learns virtually for a number of organisations. They pay me to do these things, whether it be around confidence for women, whether it be around emerging leaders or it might be something uh, around emotional intelligence. Whatever it is, I'm starting to do more and more talking, workshops, and something that I am just about to engage in and have already started talking to a publisher is a book. Uh, From that would be the opportunity to speak globally on an international stage. So there's so many things that I can be doing that actually starts to make this business broader and 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 way more impactful than I initially thought it would be. So it's it's yeah, it's it's already pivoting and evolving right now. And you know, I I was on your pilot executive um women leadership retreat which I must say was absolutely amazing and and just connecting with some amazing women. Is that part of your future plan to continue with that because I know we all really um, just that moment to step back and then, you know, share challenges and share business ideas and collaborate with others just energised all of us. It was one of the most amazing things that couldn't have come at a better time for me and all the others on it, I might add. That, that's a that's a great reminder and I hadn't forgotten it. I'm just very, very selective uh, and I curate those retreats. So I make sure the women I bring together are going to add value to each other as much as they're going to gain value from the experience. I also believe it's so important that how I curate it, you know, what is needed at the time. And when I pull together that first retreat that you were on, and yes, there are certainly more planned, uh, I knew exactly the women I wanted to bring together and I knew how they would help each other. I also knew what they needed. So so the answer is yes. Uh, and that was a great example. Uh, and I can't believe I, I forgot about it in my 
conversation with you, but that's very much part of, again, evolving and, and, and pivoting what was an initial executive and leadership coaching business. Yeah, well, I mean, I think back to that with such fond memories and I believe I made lifelong friendships out of out of that. So, yeah, it was an incredibly special and beneficial time and I think um, your curation was spot on. It was so, so good. Um, so another question for you, what excites you the most about your journey? I think I know the answer to this and, um, and I'll certainly <laughs> give you my thoughts of what I'm excited about your journey, yeah. but what excites you? Um, the unknown and and anything is possible. I'm hardwired for happiness, yeah? So, so I look for joy and fun and I look for opportunity. Very rarely do I say no to something. Uh, I mentioned before, you know, reinvention is the only strategy because nobody can predict this future, yeah? And the only way forward is to be flexible, you know, to upgrade ourselves. Adaptation requires real courage. And I'm a fairly fearless person because I rely on me and I can trust me. So I back myself. I don't think I'm going to let me down. Um, I have an optimistic mindset uh, and I absolutely love helping others because what happens when you help others? Reciprocity. They help you. So I'm excited about what I don't know is around the corner. Yes, I'm definitely crafting and strategizing a whole range of offshoots, you know, the book, the speaking, the workshops, the retreats. But what what don't I know yet? What's out there that I could say yes to or that I could learn about that I would also be able to get involved with and make a difference? That's the stuff that excites me, what I don't know. Yeah, um, you know, the thing for me is you've always been such an incredible champion for women. Um, yes, you absolutely love helping people, but I think, you know, you are so driven by helping women step up and, um, you know, and actually claim their spot in an organisation and not hold themselves back. So, um, you know, talk to us a little bit more about that. What is, is Does that come from a place of recognising the potential of women or experiencing being held back yourself in your career or wanting gender, you know, pay equality? Where, where does all that come from for you? I think it's I think it's all of those things, you know. Uh, my mother was seventeen when I was born, uh, and in a time when a to be pregnant and unmarried, let alone to go ahead and have the baby and to blatantly have the baby and be a very proud single mother, she had the support of her own parents, which made a massive difference. Uh, so she was lucky in that uh, instance. But she had to be tough. Uh, she 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 learned a lot from that experience. Uh, she ended up marrying the boy that got her pregnant, my father, they've been married 58 years or something. I mean, they're incredible, madly in love to this day. So she's had one lover all her life. Uh, and yet she she always encouraged me to to stand up for yourself. Don't don't let anyone else make decisions for you. Don't, you know, and, and if you make a mistake, it's okay. You'll get through it. And Again, one of my coaching philosophies, and I think I've told you this, you know, when we've been deep in challenging situations or people that have been really uh, unkind or unfair to us, particularly in the workplace, will it matter in five minutes, five hours, five days, five weeks, five months? Yes, it's likely to matter in five minutes, five hours, and even potentially in five days. But I guarantee in five weeks, there's probably 15 other things that would have happened. This ability to be resilient means that we can get back up and use the learnings to become better and to become stronger. I love seeing women grow their confidence. And every female I know comes from a place of confidence. They may not 
back themselves like they should, which is why a great coach is important. Uh, but if they're in the right environment, surrounded by the right people, whether that be at home, and I've always said, don't just choose the person you go and work for. Don't just choose your leader. Choose your partner in life wisely. I've, I've, I've chosen an awesome partner who is as excited about my success and has made sure that I could focus on that. There's no way I would be where I am today without his support, without my kids' support, recognising that mum sometimes won't be uh, there for them because she's travelling for work. But that doesn't mean to say I don't love them and it doesn't mean to say it's forever. It's just for that moment. So I, I, I guess personally, yes, gained a lot from my working um, life and also my personal life. But every female I know has incredible skills and they are the skill of caring and the sooner that we can actually commercialize caring because there's such a need for it in the workplace right now leadership is about caring for others that is the leadership that is most effective so i want to make sure that i can unlock as many women that i know uh, their potential to go and do that whether that's leading themselves in their own business from an entrepreneurial perspective or whether it's leading teams or leading a function or leading a large brand or business because I know they can all do it. They just need good people around them. Yeah, brilliant. Love it. I obviously know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. If you knew what you do now, would you do it all again? Absolutely. In fact, I might have done it earlier. <laughs> I uh, I was I was on the gravy train, you know. We've all been on the gravy train, right? So So I was well paid. Well, I worked for bloody good organisations. I really did. They they took uh, pay equality seriously. They took flexibility seriously. Uh, they were good people I worked for and with. You know, along the way, there have been some doozies. But, but generally, I have been incredibly lucky uh, and privileged to work in awesome organisations. And as a result, I got paid well. I also got bonuses. You know, I got equity. I got a whole lot of things that, you start to rely on because you can bank them, if you will. In my first year, I had replaced my corporate income that I had just recently left. In my second year, I had replaced not just my income but also my bonus. I never thought in 100 years or a million years I would have been able to do that so quickly. And I'm only just getting warmed up. So would I do it again? Absolutely, I'd do it again. And it's never just about the money, right? It's not just about the money at all. I've got to eat and I've got to pay a mortgage. But it's not just about the money. To think I get paid to do this work that I do and to live this life that I live, oh, my goodness. Why didn't I do it sooner? Amazing. Yeah, and, like, you touch on a really important um, piece there it's joy you know it's enjoying what you're doing if going to work every day is an absolute grind why do it if if it's not making you happy or um you know if it's making you mentally unwell then it's not the place to be um like you I was really fortunate I loved all of my roles I loved all of the organizations that I worked for and the people that I led mm -hmm. and I got so much joy out of that so while there was a great salary that went alongside it. It was also the love of the organisation and the passion that kept me there and probably kept me there longer than I thought I would stay because I really loved the people that I worked with. But then I think when you find that inner drive and passion of, you know, what really makes you tick, then it's a really easy choice to step away from that 
lovely, safe corporate salary and all the resources that go with it. Totally right. And there's something about being your authentic self, yeah? I always made the people I worked for nervous, understandably. I'm not your typical corporate. I'm not too buttoned up. I'm, I'm, you know, a bit of a loose cannon and that brings a lot of nerves. (laughs) I think that's why I love you so much. (laughs) And whilst it's really important to be respectful, to be self-aware, to be appropriate. And I learned a lot about those things which have served me very well. There were often things I could not say or do that I really wanted to that I thought would bring the organisation and the leadership and the teams and the products and the services success, but I couldn't. To be able to go and do that for yourself and not have to hold back, is incredibly liberating and the fruits of that authenticity are there so it's it's the right thing to do if you can find what it is you want to do and get yourself around the right people and give it a crack what's the worst that can happen yep love it totally agree so what advice do you have for aspiring women entrepreneurs who are just starting out their journey Get your tribe around you, your life partner, he, she, they, them, the dog, the cat, whatever it is, whoever it is, they've got to be on board. They've got to be there for you, not knocking you, not holding you back, not filling you with fear. So so, so that's number one. Number two is get yourself into the Chief Metachicks universe. Get yourself an executive, a leadership coach. Surround yourself with awesome people, not all women. We need men in our world too. Men hold so much power. We definitely need to be leveraging that still. Uh, so, so surround yourself with good people, okay, and, and ask them questions and ask for their help. Women often don't ask for help. Oh, they won't. They'll be too busy. They won't want to help me. I have never knocked back anyone who's wanted my help. And if I have, it's because I couldn't help them for for whatever reason, but I guarantee I referred them to somebody else who could. People help each other. And if somebody doesn't help you, then that's one person. Go to somebody else. So surround yourself with great people, ask for help, and just have a go. What's the worst that can happen? Yep, 100%. And my final closing question, what made you want to be a Chief Medichix leader and what are you enjoying most about it? You. Oh. You planted the seed. You and I were, you and I were the early, I, had, I, I was the recipient of your early ideas and insights. You told me about them. And I thought, wow, that is an awesome initiative. That is exactly what the world needs right now and more women in business and supporting more women in business and allowing us all, and I'm talking about the Chief Meta Chicks as much as I am the women that we are serving, allowing us all to lean in and embrace Web3 and the metaverse and to learn together and to hold each other's hands and figure this stuff out and leverage each of our unique skills. Why would I not want to be involved? And I'm, I'm having an awesome time with with the women, uh, both my colleagues uh, that, that are surrounding uh, this awesome initiative, Chief Meta Chicks, that you've brought on board and, and learning from you as well and watching your fire and your ambition and your passion come to life. But also these women that I'm coaching through Chief Meta Chicks, they are amazing. Catherine, Jaquita, these women are next gen. They are incredible. I'm learning so much from them as much as I'd like to 
think that I might be supporting them. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Because yeah, I hear so much of the same. Where you know, where even though we're leading and coaching, we're we're learning as well, and and I think that's the beauty of it. Um, thank you, Jack. It's been an absolute delight. Um, I love having you as one of my chief Medichicks leaders. You you were the one that I planted the seed with and you were the one that really opened your network so that I could really research this space and um, and speak to some people who were active in the space and learn before I took the leap. And it was invaluable. And I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am today and Chief Medichicks wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you. So I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful. I love having you as part of the team and I love the value that you bring to our community. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, yeah, really enjoyed having you on the Chief Medichicks podcast as well. Right back at you, sister. Thank you. Long live Chief Metachicks. Well, there we have it. Our fourth Chief Metachicks episode. Key takeouts are know who you are and what you value. Self-awareness is key. Feedback is a gift. And reinvention is the key to remaining relevant. All the links and resources for the full episode can be found at chiefmetachicks.com slash podcasts. We'd also love you to rate the episode and podcast on iTunes or your favourite platform. It really does help with rankings and getting our messages and learnings out to as many people as possible. If you'd like to get your wings on too, then you can join at chiefmetachicks.com. And if you're interested in applying for our Pitch and Grow coaching program with our Chief Metachicks leaders, then please reach out at info at chiefmetachicks.com.